You are listening to How Does She Do It, episode 84. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for listening to another episode of How Does She Do It? And through this podcast and my coaching, I help you own your story, live fueled by faith, and elevate your impact in your career and your calling. My name is Tiffany, and I am your host. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is your third, fourth, fifth, sixth, 84th time listening, welcome back. We are happy to have you. The show notes for this week's episode will be available at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. And the show notes basically contain any links that are mentioned in this episode. And it also contains the links to contact me and connect with me on social media. You can connect with me on Instagram at TiffSouth. Also Twitter at TiffSouth. You can also follow the show's account at HowDoesSheDoIt on both Twitter and the Instagrams. And if you listen to the show and you have Instagram, then screenshot you listening to the show, take a, you know, a video of you listening to it in your car, not while you're driving and upload it to put it in your story, mention at Tiff South, mention how does she do it? And I will make sure to repost and to share it on my story so that I can shout you out and show you just a little bit of gratitude. And I appreciate you always for your shares, for your emails, your messages. If you have a uh, feedback on an episode, something that really stuck out, <laughs> I was going to say stood out and stuck out, something that stood out to you, send me a message at Tiff South is usually the fastest way to get to me. I really appreciate you. And if you haven't had a chance to leave a five-star rating and review in the Apple podcast app, do so now. Now let's get into this week's Just My Thoughts. Just My Thoughts is the segment of the show where I share my reviews, recommendations, or rejections on something that I have come across in pop culture, social media, a resource, or just something that I'm feeling at the time. You know what I mean? Shout out to Jay. Anyway, this week I am recommending a book by my friend and fellow mastermind member Kwame Christian and his book is called Nobody Will Play With Me, How to Use Compassionate Curiosity to Find Confidence in Conflict. Kwame is the number one negotiation expert in my opinion, and I think the opinion of many people, and he specializes in helping people understand the psychology behind why conflict and negotiation can be so difficult for us. And he's not just talking about negotiation in the business sense, but everyday conversations in work, in our relationships with our family and sometimes even with ourselves. So what he does is he outlines very practical advice, practical insight on how you can maximize your confidence in your difficult conversations and how you can make sure you and whoever you're talking to can win in the context of that conversation. So check out Nobody Will Play With Me. It is available on Amazon. It is available as a Kindle book, 
So make sure you check it out. And he also has a podcast called Negotiate Anything, an amazing TEDx as well. So check out Kwame Christian, support him. He's a great dude and his work is is just really, really powerful. And like I said, practical. It's not just theoretical conversation, but like stuff that you can actually take into your work, into your relationships. And I think especially as women who are listening to this podcast and even some men, when we talk about the context of negotiation, particularly for our roles for our salaries this is a really good resource to help you get some of that confidence there and I use some of Kwame's recommendations in my work with my students in Elevate Your Career Academy and in my work with my clients as well so check out Kwame support him and let me know what you think if you end up picking up the book and go to Amazon again and support Nobody Will Play With Me by Kwame Christian and that concludes the recommendation for this week's Just My thoughts. So last week, I had the pleasure of traveling between three different time zones. And for the first two days of the week, I was in Iowa getting additional training on an assessment tool that I use with my clients and one that I've taken myself and find it to be extremely valuable. And basically the tool measures three different things. It measures your natural and adaptive strengths and behaviors. It measures how you are motivated and it also shows how you prioritize thought. And so I was learning additional science behind it and how to best use it with clients and with future clients going forward. And as we were going throughout the day, the facilitator kept emphasizing a few points. He kept saying that the results of the questionnaire and the assessment, it's not good or bad. They just are, right? The data just is what it is. In and of itself, it does not mean, it doesn't add any value. The real value of the data though comes in how you apply the information that you learned from it. So not the information itself, but the value comes in the application of what you learn and gain from the assessment. So what I, as I was going throughout the day and just kind of reflecting on what he was saying and during our breaks and really was just trying to take in what he was saying, the phrase, use what you have came to mind. And as I think about other things that he said throughout the day, other things that like I'm reviewing my notes and he talked about embracing what you have, investing in how you show up now, not how you want to show up or not overcompensating or spending your energy trying to make your weaknesses strengths, but instead spending your energy, making your strengths even stronger. So What I want to talk about today is the value of using what you have right where you are. And when I was thinking about a story in scripture that kind of mirrored this principle and this concept, it comes from, or one that came to mind, I should say, comes from 2 Kings chapter 4, and it's the story of Elisha and the widow and the oil. And Elisha is the prophet that came after Elijah. And what happens in 2 Kings chapter 4 is, and I'll read some of the scripture, but basically just a quick overview, is this widow comes to Elisha and says to him, and I'm going to read scripture here, 
your servant, my husband is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take away my two children to be his slaves. So what, then this is reading from the English Standard Version, and what was customary in the times is if you owed someone a debt, then you would be able to, or they would be able to have you work to pay off the debt until your debt was paid, and then you would be able to go on about your business. So Elisha responds to her in verse two and says, and Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in this house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. And then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not too few, then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So I'm going to stop there. So that was verse one through four. And what we see here is someone identifying a problem that she had, a need that she had. So when I was thinking about what are some of the things that we have to do to be able to use what we have, we have to first identify what your actual need is. She didn't actually spell out very clearly what her need was, but it sounded like she was getting at that she needed money to make sure that she could provide to pay off her debts. And so that sounds like the need that she was getting at here. But a lot of times we will go to God in prayer. We will stay out loud to our friends. Oh, I need this. I want that. But we haven't actually done a deep dive and really dug into what we actually need to address the problem that we really have. Not the problem problem that has elevated, right? There is a difference between a symptom and a root cause. A runny nose is a symptom of a cold. So what you need to address is the cold, not the runny nose. But a lot of us are out here addressing runny nose issues when we have cold, deep rooted problems. So what I want you to think about before you can even get to thinking about using what you have, you have to first figure out and identify what you need. So have you gone to God in prayer in a way that really humbles you and opens your eyes to get a true view and a true assessment of the situation that you're in? Or are you operating on a surface level understanding? Are you operating based on the immediate kind of flesh feeling that you have and have not addressed the heart issue that may be connected to the flesh feeling that you have? I know, for example, that when there are times when you feel like there's a lack, when you want companionship, is it that you need companionship? and that you're praying for a boo or whatever the case may be? Or do you really need to learn to be content where you are in your solitude and if you had a companion with you, right? That's just something to think about. So before you can even get to the point of being able to use what you have, you have to first figure out what you need. The second thing that you can do and that you need to do to be able to use what you have is what this widow in this verse did next. She then assessed what she had. And you see here, Elisha in verse two says to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me what you have in the house. And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. And I want to pay close attention to the way that this is worded here is she says she has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. So saying that she has nothing in the house, that was kind of dismissing something that she had. I don't have 
have anything else here, but I do have this jar of oil. So that means that she had something. A lot of us will have something of value and will dismiss it and minimize it because we don't see the value that it has. We are seeing instead the value that something else we think that's going to actually solve our problem. We see that value and therefore that diminishes and causes us to dismiss the value of what we have right in front of us. But we are all given No matter what your circumstances are, limited or extra abundant, right? You have everything within your need. We are complete in Christ, right? And if we are complete in Christ, that means we have everything that we need to make it through the circumstances that we are in. That is not me saying that your circumstances will change with the snap of a finger. That is not me saying that you will all of a sudden have an abundant amount of money in your bank account, but you have the resources within you to deal with the challenges that are facing you right now. And so if that means maybe just having the right attitude and peace within a tumultuous situation, right? Maybe that means that you can pull together the resources that you do have that may have seemed like they weren't enough to get you through to the next to the next thing, whatever that next step is. But before you can even be able to get to that point, you have to figure out what you have and not diminish or reduce the value of what you've been given. Because what that does is it, number one, it it limits the imagination right it, it limits the possibilities that god can you can do and use what you have with you right now moses had a staff like he had a rod that he could turn into a stake that when he opened up he used it when he lifted his hand he opened up the red sea when he struck a rock water came out of it but quote unquote all he had was a rod right? So if you, if all you have is a rod, does that diminish God's ability to provide and to make ways in your life? Does that minimize the ability of your strengths to be used and to produce fruit and blessings and, and value in your life and in the life of other people? If quote unquote, all you have is. So if you look at what your resources are, your resources are like the woman in This verse where she says, I have nothing except, or do you say, I have, period? Do you just say, well, I have this money in my bank account. I have this gift of be able to use my voice. I have this platform that includes X number of people. I have this job that I get to go to every week. I have this measure of health. If you start to say, I have, period, as opposed to, well, all I have is, right? Do you see the difference? That language makes a significant difference in the way that our mind feels and views the things that we have. So in order to use what you have, as we've talked about so far, you have to identify the true need and issue that you have. And the second thing that you have to do is be able to assess what you have, assess the resources that are currently available to you. Otherwise you will be diminishing and dismissing something that God can use because God can use all things. Even when you think about what your individual testimony is, if all you have, quote unquote, is the story of overcoming these certain obstacles, if that was all you had, does God need more than that to make you a a valuable, like member of his kingdom? 
he doesn't need more than that. If you look at the people in scripture, even this woman who is a widow, whose name we don't even know, she, her story, her interaction with Elisha is a story that is used thousands of years later to inspire other people. But quote unquote, all she had was a few jars of oil, right? So don't diminish and don't minimize what you have because God can do so many, he can do anything with the story and with whoever you are. And he has already outlined the value and purpose that he has for your life. He figured that out long before you got here. So let me go on to my to the third point. The third thing that you need to be able to do in order to use what you have where you are is you have to pray and seek guidance. In this instance, this woman she sought guidance of the prophet and prophets were people at this time who had a direct connection to God in the way that other people did not. The good news for us is that we have a direct line to God through Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, right? So what we can do is we can go to our father in the name of Christ and ask him, for everything that we need. When we need guidance to understand a situation and a circumstance, when we need strength to make it through a challenging situation, when we want to just continue to be blessed and favored, when we want to, like literally anything, in the last several weeks, we were studying the Psalms, David Psalms in the first five app. And one of the things that became so clear is the various emotional states that David went before God in. He was fearful. He was scared. He was anxious. He was in pain. He was sick. He was in health. He was happy. He was sad. He was being chased. He was hiding. He was all of the things, all of the life circumstances, all of the prosperity, all of the abundance, all of the famine, all of the, like all of it. David was before God and constantly, constantly seeking after him. When you seek after God in just like with your purest of hearts, with your purest emotions. One thing that I've learned in the last several months is that I was taught that I could only approach God in a certain posture when it came to how we would converse in prayer. And what I've learned is that God wants to hear from us at all times and in all things. He does not limit the way that he wants to hear from us. And he also Wants because prayer is the way that we strengthen our relationship with him. It's the way that in the same way that you talk to one of your homegirls on the phone or in constant communication via text or whatever it is, that you're using communication to build up and maintain a relationship. That is the same way that, that God wants to communicate with us. And we are so lucky that through the Holy Spirit, we can communicate directly with him. And that is because of the sacrifice that Christ made for us. So do not take that lightly. If you want to be able to understand how to use what you have, you have to not be afraid to go before him where you are. If you want to be able to use what you have where you are, you have to not be afraid to go before him with what you have and where you are. And just let it and just talk. Just talk. 
one book that I'm reading now is called The Circle Maker. And it is, I'll put the, a link to that in the show notes as well. But it is really giving a, a just a big, just opening my eyes to understanding how if I believe in a big God, my prayers should be big too. And I know I've been guilty of praying these meek, you know, um, just, I don't want to call them humble prayers, but not really being bold in what I'm asking God for. So the circle maker is a really good way to, to, um, it's a really good book that is, that gives a really good breakdown of what our relationship with God is like and what our faith has to be like, and just all these things. So as you think about just to review, in order to be able to use what you have, you have to be able to identify the need or issue that you have in front of you. The second thing that you have to do is you have to assess what you have. The third thing that you have to do is pray and seek guidance. And what we see here in Second Kings is that the woman went to Elisha. She went to the guy who could talk straight to, to God for her. She went to the guy who could, you know, say, hey, I, I heard you do these amazing things. I need you to hook me up. So she went straight to a source. Our source, we go straight to God. We go straight to our father through the through the power and the, and the saving grace of his son, Jesus Christ. So we have the ability to do that. So make sure you're going to your source to seek prayer and guidance to be able to really understand where you are and what you have. And the fourth thing that you need to be able to do to use what you have where you are is you have to move in obedience. That's the part that a lot of us, present company included, that's where we stop short is we'll get through, okay, you know, I know what my issue is. Uh, Lord, here are the resources I have in front of me. Can you help me make use of what I have? And then we will sit and then we will not do what we are supposed to do in order to make <laughs> make room for the thing that we're asking for. And so we'll we'll stop short there. But what we see this woman as she is as she goes to Elisha, Elisha tells her um, to get the jars, get a bunch of empty vessels from your neighbors and not too few. So that means like, go get a lot. And then he said, go in, shut the door behind you and your sons and pour into these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So verse five starts and says, so she went from him, not she thought about it, not she was like, oh, I'm not. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. And when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. So you see here, had she had more vessels, what we can assume is that the oil would have kept flowing. The blessing would not have stopped. The provision would not have stopped. But she did receive what she asked for in, in obedience. She did what was asked of her. How many times do we hear that nudge? Do we know we should be doing something a little bit differently, but we don't quite turn that corner? We don't quite do all the way what God is asking us to do or what we know we should do. And then we get mad when we don't see what we've been praying for. 
We get upset or agitated. Well, why hasn't my prayer been answered? Have you truly identified what you say you need? Have you assessed the resources that you have available? Have you prayed and asked for guidance? And then have you followed said guidance? Have you followed through in obedience the guidance that you received? Or are you resisting and doing what you want to do? And I say this as someone who has done this and continues to struggle with certain things that I know I shouldn't be doing. And I continue to resist because I want to do what I want to do. And I assume that my delay will be, it'll be fine when I get to that obedience, when I get to it. But here's the thing. Number one, there's no promise that tomorrow is going to come for me to get to said obedience that I know I should be getting to today. And number two, I am standing in my own way of the thing that God can have for me. Like that's on, that'll be on me. So are you standing in your own way? Is your disobedience standing in the way of the provision that God could have for you? And that, again, provision does not have to look like a tangible thing. Is it a, is it a peace that surpasses all understanding that somehow your worry is keeping you, the, the, hold, the hold that you have on to emotions and control, is that keeping you from what God has for you? Is your sleeping habits, your eating habits, your diet, your not managing your time well, your lack of, you know, regular prayer, your lack of Bible study, like community, whatever those things, the things that you know you are called to be obedient to, is that keeping you from being able to use what you have and get the more that God has for you? I'm going to just leave that question there. And I'm going to also say this, delayed obedience is disobedience. Saying that for me, saying it for you. Delayed obedience is disobedience. I want you to know that whatever God is needing you to do, you have the resources in your environment to do what he needs you to do. And here's the thing, even when you don't see or you may misidentify what you think you need to do the thing that he's called you to do. If you don't have it today, by the time you need it, you're going to have it. Whatever that thing is, you're going to have the thing that you need. So you have to do your part in understanding the challenge or the lack that you have being able to then say, well, here are the resources that I have available to me. How can I then make sure that I'm praying and seeking proper guidance to use what I have? And how then I can I make sure I follow through in obedience with the guidance that I was given? I hope that that resonated with you as I thought about it, as I prayed on it myself, I was like, Ooh, this is a word for, for me too. So <laughs> I hope that this was, this was valuable to you. Um, again, this came from second Kings chapter four, verse one through eight or seven rather. And what I want you to think about, I read from the English standard version, but no matter what version you have, there is a, there is obviously value in that because it is the word inspired by the word of God. So what I want you to do is send me a message on the Instagram or send me an email, Tiffany at how does she do a podcast.com. What is the thing that you know you have that you're not making the best use of? What is the thing that you have right now that you know you're not making the best use of? Because you, like the widow, may have said, all I have is, as opposed to I have, 
right? Make that distinction and recognize it that even though there's a few words difference, there's a significant distinction in the way that our attitude will reflect that or will show up in the way that we posture toward the blessings that we have if we minimize them as, oh, they're not as good enough as, they're not as good as what I want them to be. I want you to make sure that you are identifying the true need that you have, not make, mistaking what you need for the runny nose, but let's diagnose the symptom of the cold. Let's make sure that you are assessing what you have. Let's make sure that you are praying for and seeking, actively seeking guidance and make sure that you are then moving in obedience, that you are following through in obedience. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, send me a message at Tiff South on Instagram or Twitter. You can send me an email, Tiffany at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. Make sure that you screenshot you listening to the episode and I will shout you out in my story. And if you want to join the email list, text 444. Actually, that's not true. Text How Does She Do It as one word to 444 999. Again, text How Does She Do It as one word to 444 999, and you will be added to the email list. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of How Does She Do It. I look forward to seeing you to seeing you for episode 85. And until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace.